And here's what I want to ask you. What is holding you back? What is the thing that's holding you back from going after your dreams and from finding meaningful work you love? Aren't you ready to wake up to the possibilities that are in your life and go after the things you've dreamt of? It's time for you to feel alive again, lit up, and for you to know that you're deserving and you are worthy for the future that's waiting for you. I want you to feel fulfilled and find abundance in your life. I think it's time and I'm ready to help you get started. Now I'm your host, Kristen, of Building a Life You Love. And each week on the show, we're going to help you figure out how you do go after your dreams and find work you love. Here we go. Let's get started. On today's episode, we're going to talk about making a living versus making a lasting impact and creating legacy in the world and showing up and doing work that matters. And we're going to talk about making intentional choices. So take a listen. Hi, today on the show, I would like to welcome Manpreet Bawa. He's a mind architect, a keynote speaker, and an empowerment coach. And I cannot wait to have a wonderful conversation with him today about our mindset and how that can transform our lives. Welcome, Manpreet. Thank you, Kristen. Uh, Such an honor to be here with you today. Oh, thank you. So first of all, I would love for you to tell us a little bit about your backstory and your journey and what got you on this path that you're currently walking. Uh, Sure. So uh, as we were talking offline, um, I'm from an IT background. I've been in IT services for over 20 years, and that's what I've done. And that's what I thought I could do. And, uh, you know, and sometimes when you are put in a position where you're feeling a lot of pressure and you're just trying to figure out, okay, why is this happening to me? I had a similar moment and I asked myself, okay, uh, and this was amidst the pandemic, we were on lockdown and I, I just found myself asking this question, like, if I were to die tomorrow, what would people talk about me? And I started looking up the things that people could talk about me. Yeah, so, you know, I was born, I was raised in India, I moved to U.S., got into IT, spent 20 years working with retailers. And as I thought more about that, I was like, is that it? Like, that's all I have done? Like, uh, and... Um, it hit me, it hit me, and it wasn't, at a level, it wasn't accept, acceptable to me that I had made no impact. Like, I've done all right for my own self, but when I look about what I gave back or what I did uh, for the people around me, very little things I could point. And so I thought, okay, um, you know, this is the starting. I have to be intentional now. My 20 years in IT was whatever they were. Um, but now I have to be intentional because I don't know how long I'm going to live. And I just didn't want to, you know, die without making an impact. And that's thought just started, um, you know, enabling me to look for different things and bringing people. When I started looking for those different things, I started bringing those people. Like, it's amazing. Whatever you ask the universe, the universe answers back those questions. Uh, so instead of asking, why is this happening to me? Or, uh, you know, my challenge is I don't know what I do. I change it in a question like, how can I get over this challenge? And that, you know, started to show up. People started to show up. And I would say just, I just stepped into whatever was being shown and uh, by taking a leap of faith and kept doing whatever it made sense for me to taking the next steps. And, and here we are. <laughs> this is the result of, you know, the, uh, me taking those steps. Maybe a year ago. Yeah. So what I love is that I think it, we have to, like one, like you said, we have to start getting 
curious and wondering like, hold on, what else is there? And to your point, what is the impact I'm making? What's the legacy? And a few things, I believe you're a parent, right? So one, you're probably also thinking, you know, I, my, my children are watching me, right? And sort of when you started asking those questions, I'm guessing part of the importance of that was, is of course, you'll have your legacy of your children, but you're thinking, what am I showing them by my example of not doing, yeah. not, not to say that having a good job and in, in providing for your family isn't an amazing thing, but to your point, you're like, I think there's more that I'm supposed to be doing, you know? So I think that's, that's an interesting piece around that conversation. But then too, I think it takes a little bit of us being brave to be willing to say, yeah. but I'm so comfortable in IT or whatever, you know, your career is. Yeah. And say, that doesn't mean that I can't explore new things and see where it takes me. And, you know, just like you, you're, we're not saying someone should go quit their job tomorrow and, you know, take on this new path, but you're building this other business now, this other area you're interested in and helping people much the way that you've started helping yourself. And so I think that's really one, an important thing to point out. And two, you know, reminder to people that, yes, it might seem scary, but we're not saying like, go change careers tomorrow. We're just saying... <laughs> start exploring, start learning, and then start sharing that information, right? Yeah, 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 absolutely. And thank you for calling out. Like, you know, there are so many uh, people out there, they're saying, oh, quit your nine to five. You're not happy, do this, do that. And, um, you know, uh, statistically, people do take those actions and put themselves in pressures. So I say that, you know, start exploring within your jobs. You can still find time. It's about getting better with the time unless your workplace and whatever you're doing is toxic and it's taking your energy there's no need to just make a big change you have to start small and that's what i did so it's the key that knowing that you don't have to just over you know all of a sudden change everything it will never work you have to just go with the small steps absolutely and as i was sharing with you and i've probably shared on the podcast before when I transitioned out of something I had done for three years full time, which I had worked my, for myself for many, many years, and I do have some other companies still that I've had before, I, you know, I worked with that company to say, look, I'd still like a relationship with you. I'd still like to be of service, but I can't do it full time. I need to go back and build my businesses. And so, you know, I work with them and I do, you know, for this year, I do 10 hours a week, you know, consulting and contract work, you know, but at the level of what I would charge other clients, you know, not a salary level. But part of that was so that I had more breathing room to build the things I wanted to build in the way I want to build them. And it gave me a little more time that I knew I had some set incomes from my different, some different things, you know, but I didn't just say like, I'm going to leave, you know, and just, (laughs) I mean, yeah, I did lose a little, some of that income because from that particular client, but I knew I would fill it in with other clients and other things I'm doing and other projects. But the point is at least gave me a runway not say to my husband, I'm just going to, it's going to just all be gone, you know? And so to your point is, yes, uh, I still love working with that company, but that's not going to be forever, you know, but it's helping them for now. And it's, you know, letting me have one more income or revenue stream so that I don't have to be as worried if, you know, I don't get, I don't have everything where I want it to be in in the revenue streams, you know, yet. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think part of the thing is that um, I've realized is that, um, we have so many self-imposed limitations. Uh, and so either we are in that self-imposed limitations, like I cannot do this or what would people think and all those questions. Or sometimes we hurt ourselves by just overthinking and straight away jumping. And, you know, there are examples of entrepreneurs who have done well and all that, but those examples are 
far from few, right? Two, three percent of those people succeed, but 90% fail. It's because we take those examples and we jump on. And like you rightly said, you have to just follow your inner guidance system, right? There is an inner guidance that has been given to everybody. But the sad part is uh, we're not trained for it, right? Trained to use that inner guidance. Our education system doesn't show us. Parents, family members, they don't show us. And and the world we live in is just constantly changing. Like 10, 20 years ago, the reality that was to go, you know, go gra- graduate, get your education, and you'll find a particular kind of job. It's no longer true. You might be a graduate with a good engineering degrees, but you might not find the job. And when you find the job, you might not even like it. So it's so changing. And I think getting back to that inner guidance and realizing that you have the power, you have the wisdom, learn how to use it for your own benefit. Yeah, and I actually have had, had a conversation about that about young adults, you know, well, children through young adults, I think we've done disservice. Well, we were given that disservice and not on purpose by people, but our parents didn't, we know more now, I think a lot of us, you know, as we kind of, whether it's thirties, forties, fifties or beyond. But I think what we're realizing as we reflect back is at some point we thought we were, we were being given messages. Like you said, we need to get a job. We need to pay the bills. It better be a serious type of job. It better be a career type of job. Or I can't do certain things because they think they seem artsy or they seem this, you know, that's not serious. But we we heard those messages and we internalized them. And then some, many people didn't take a path maybe that to your point, your heart and mind was telling you that this is what I enjoy. So it takes a lot of us a lot longer to, to figure that out. And I hope, and I'm seeing some more of it, that the younger generations coming up now, there's so many resources, you know, with online that I'm hoping they're getting more of the message that, they can do things that they actually enjoy and that they love that in their heart is really where they're meant to move, you know, because I think that a lot of us now reflect back and go, Oh, you know, even when I was 12 or 13, I, I knew I liked certain things, but I just kind of put them to the side and didn't think much else of them again, you know, for, for many, many years. So I think it's an important message you brought up that I hope we can show more young people and youth that, it's okay. We should go after the things we're passionate about. And it will lead to income as long as we obviously try to turn it into a business, right? I mean, you have to work to do that, but it's very possible. Yeah. Yeah. And interestingly, I mean, as you were talking, one of the things that just popped up in my head is this, you know, um, failure, like how many times we limit ourselves uh, just because we are afraid of failing and just because we don't have examples of people failing right uh, in front of us. Everybody just stops. And, oh, you don't do this. Like, for example, when I decided that I was going to you know, get into uh, doing uh, mentorship and uh, you know, enabling people, the very first question I got from people around me is like, why? You know, you're really good in your IT space. If you want to do, do something there, why are you going a totally different thing? Um, and not because... Uh, you know, they didn't want me to succeed. They want uh, well for me, but they also came come from the same mindset, like fear-based. We are operating from fear. And um, and I uh, learned a tool, a quick tool that I use for coming up. Um, you know, a lot of times when we are asking this, what if questions, what if I fail, what if she quits, what if she leaves me, what if it doesn't work out? We are asking these what if questions. I say just remove the if and add so in the 
And so instead of asking what if, ask so what? You know, so what happens? And so what is a power, right? So what, what puts you in a position where you're asking the very empowering question. You're asking, so what if I fail? You'll find the reason. You know, you might not have money. Uh, you know, uh, you might have relationships problems. There, there are things like serious problems can happen with the lack of money. But the fact is you will not die out of not having money, right? In this day and age, at least, right? If you're, if you're moving, if you're willing to do the work, you will find a way to make it happen. But when you operate from that war, if and it's a, it's a trigger, I use that, I train that, and I use it whenever I catch myself asking what if question. There are really two things I do. Either I ask, flip it into so what, or I, I want to ask the what if question that serves me. So instead of asking what if I fail, what if that serves me, what if I succeed, what would I be doing, who will I be helping, what would be the life for that person, you know, and that empowers me. So I think it is, again, going back to our education system, our education system hasn't enabled these empowering questions. We are asking the wrong questions to ourselves most of the time out of the fear. And um, I think it's incredible what you can do when you start asking the right questions. 100% agree with you. And I think you're right. I mean, I talk to people too often that they're staying where they're at, not because they're content, they're happy, they're fulfilled. They feel like they're adding value. And not that they're not adding value, I shouldn't say that, but they, they, they know they could add more value elsewhere. But it's for, it, for fear of not having safety, right? Not having that paycheck. And they say, well, if I stay in, in five more years or 10 years, I'll, I will get a little more pension or whatever it is. And I'm like, but what if you did something that you really loved and you actually made a lot more money than the next five years would give you? But it's because yeah. they feel like that safety is giving them something. And I think we've learned in the pandemic, none of us have safety. Right. If you only have one income stream, that's not safety, you know. And so one, you better have figured out some other things that might work for you in case or start building those. But the other thing is, is they are they're stuck because of fear or what people have told them, like, well, this is safe. Stay where it's safe. Don't go out into the water where it could be not safe. Mm. So I think that's a a good point that you brought up. The other thing is, right, is we do. You have to purposely choose to see the positive or see the upside. And it doesn't mean that like you said, it doesn't mean we don't fail. It doesn't mean we don't get fired. It doesn't mean an idea works. It means that there's always learning in those things, right? And those those things will inform our next position, idea, whatever it is. And we'll actually be better at our running our own company or being an employee if we learn. And, and honestly, I think if someone ever failed, I think they're going to be so they could be cocky and just kind of like full of themselves thinking like, oh, I've got this instead of realizing like, hold on, I need to slow down here and pay attention mm-hmm. to something, you know, that you might miss if you haven't had rejection or failure before. Yeah. yeah. And, and a lot of times, you know, we sort of overwhelm ourselves because when we think somebody's failing, we start thinking it's a reflection of us. We start thinking, oh, I am failed. Whereas it's just a failed strategy. It's just a failed path you took, right? You wouldn't do that if you were driving on a highway and took a wrong exit. You would reroute and come back uh, because it's just so normal. And so is with the failure. You have to just reroute. You have to take a you know, different route, come back to where you want to go. And there are always hundreds of ways to get to where you want to go. Um, so realizing that helps you move. Uh, one thing um, that uh, immediately... Uh, 
came to my mind was that about failing and uh, redoubting yourself is, you know, associating yourself with the people, you know, the people who have done there and people who think like, you know, um, who have achieved uh, you know anything great in their life. If you look at them, you will see um, the examples of failure. Most people, don't, you don't see just because they are not talking about it, but if you talk to them, you will realize, you know, how many failed things you have. Um, and I, do you follow um, basketball, NBA? My husband I does. I mean, it's yeah. on some, but I don't follow it as much as, you know, yeah. obviously as he does. Uh, uh, I don't watch it, but I was just uh, looking at their stats. I will, you know, the uh, current championship holder is uh, Lakers, right? And so they won in 2020, but they won the previous game they won uh, before 2020 was 2010. So the 10 years, like imagine amount of hard work, amount of games they played. Every season they're playing 80 games and they are not winning and they kept going, going, going. Not because they love failure, but because they know that that's the only way to redemption, right? Only when they play their fullest, they have a chance to win. If you don't play, you're just you know, losing. You are just in a losing state. So I thought that was an interesting stat. Uh, yeah, it is. And, and like you said, there's a lot of sports teams with similar sets, right? Where they had success for a long time. And then they had a, you know, not such a successful streak or a dry streak, if you will. Yes. Um, so I think that's a great example of, like you said, you just have to persevere. You have to just be consistent and it doesn't mean you'll win, but it does mean that at some point it'll pay off. Yeah. So um, there's actually a book that as you were talking earlier, that it reminded me of the called skip the line by James Altucher. I don't know if you've heard of it, but when I first started reading, I was like, yeah, this is different, interesting. But then as I got into it, I, I actually quite loved it because he has some really amazing chapters in there that anybody can apply to testing ideas, starting a business, all sorts of things. But one of the ideas is he's, you know, he's like, test it quick and test often. But, you know, he's like, there's no point in, so for instance, he gives an example where he had an idea for an iPhone app. I don't know that it was about dating. I, I can't remember the context, but let's just say it might've been, but, and he's like, oh, I have this great idea. So he but instead of sitting on it and working on it in his head or on paper for months and months, right, or investing a lot of money, he just posted it to, you know, one of those sites. I don't know if it was Upwork, but it's one of those sites where you can post it and then see how much people say it would cost to develop it and things. Well, quickly, two developers said, well, this isn't even feasible because what you want to do, you know, the iPhone or the app, you know, Apple won't let you get to that data because of the way the phone is locked down. And so he immediately realized whether it was a good idea or not, it's not feasible on an iPhone. And so scrapped the idea and moved on to the next one. But instead of wasting tons of time in a year of development or a year of effort or thought, he only wasted 15 minutes to write it up and, you know, no money or very little money. And then so he basically shows you how you just test these ideas really quick. You iterate. You don't try to build whole websites. You don't try to like you just test the concept quickly and you keep moving. You know, you don't get so stuck on the one idea you get you get stuck in the process of learning how to, hey, I have this great idea. Of course, he captures, he has 10 minutes every morning where he writes down, I forget how many ideas a day. One, he shares them with people, you know, that would benefit. Because he's like, if the more you're creative, the more you get more creative ideas, right? Inspiration. So he's like, I don't, I'm not holding those in. Like, these are only for me. He's like, I'm never going to do all those ideas. So he shares them with those people, those companies. And he has his own that he goes and develops. 
but he also has lost millions of dollars a lot of times. Not now because he finally learned what was happening right in that cycle. But his point is, is you could, he could have said to himself, like, I'm a failure. I like, he had points where he's like, I literally had no money. Like, and he had a family, but he figured something else out and he made more money. Right. But the point is, is he learned over time from those failures or mistakes or whatever they were, right. Or wrong strategies. And now he's done some even more amazing things and he's obviously kept the money, you know, but it's just this really interesting book and it gives some really unique perspectives on how we can approach ideas in business and testing things instead of putting in, I mean, I've talked to people where they're working on a new idea as the founder for a year or two, and they're trying to get seed money yet they, they're a developer and they can go and actually work for clients. And I said to them, why aren't you just taking on freelance work to pay your fund, your project? And why are you just, you know, and it's, but it's like, they've been trained by someone to think, that they need investment money. And I'm like, but mm. you're wasting so much time on trying to get investment money instead of seeing if this is actually going to go anywhere. And you could be honing your own skill while you're getting paid, you know, do 20 hours a week of your development and then do 20 hours a week on your own project. But they were so stuck in needing to, to raise money, you know, but once again, it's because they were getting trapped in a strategy that they were told was the right strategy instead yeah. of let me be creative here. I already have a skill set people will pay me for. Like there was literally people waiting to hand him money, but he kept seeing the strategy that he thought was going to be successful and it wasn't being successful for him at least, you know? So I think we get stuck, you know, in these things we've been told by startups or society or culture, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. There are so many nuggets in there, you know, just talk, you talked about and um, something that you stepped up, uh, you know, just stuck to me was, um, this thing, the strategy, um, we get stuck in the thinking it's the right strategy. The thing is right or wrong. You don't know whether you want, you know, if you don't execute it. The second thing is also a perspective and timing. Like, you know, it reminds me of this famous score. I think when our story, when Nike sent somebody in Africa to, you know, create, sell shoes. And the first person came and he says, it's the wrong idea. Nobody wears shoe here. And then they sent another person. He goes, it's an amazing idea. Nobody wears shoes here. We can sell it. So it's just perspective also. How are you looking at your problem? Um, and uh, I totally uh, uh, you know, resonate with this idea of testing um, your thing. With, and especially without putting money, you can test so much in, without doing that. Um, for my own um, uh, you know, change, when I w- decided I wanted to do, I didn't go and build websites, started advertising. I didn't do all those things. In fact, I don't, still don't have a website. What I did was picked up my phone, messaged five people, and I said, hey, listen, I'm going to you know, build up this uh, coaching program. I'm going to once a week. Are you interested? Four of them said yes, and that was the end of the story. I mean, that just changed everything. If I started going to the route, okay, I need to create a website. I need to have content. I need to be marketing. All these things, I would have just overwhelmed myself. And I learned this from um, um, Netflix, uh, the former CEO of Netflix. He says, always um, test your idea on paper first, right? Before you put any money, just test it on paper. There is always a way to test it on paper, whether you're talking to, uh, you know, your friends or whatever, but test your ideas. Uh, You will find a way. You will not get stuck in the strategy. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, and and part of that, right, is, you you have to show up and you act to, you do and lots of people talk about this now but you have to take the action and to your point if if the central thing to mentoring or coaching which obviously you know I do as well 
is working with people, right? And helping them through something to get a transformation or a transition. You just have to show up and do that work. You know, you just have to literally be like, hey, I'm here. I'll help you. You know, at first you do it, you know, either at a lower rate or or it could be free because you're you're honing your skill and then you're learning how you helped them, which you'll use. But to your point, if you just work on all the the marketing materials of it and you haven't actually shown up, you won't even know one, how you served them. You might think, you know, and two, you won't know how did they perceive that you helped them? You know, and, yeah. and so in other words, you get your own market research by actually doing the work with people, not with just, like you said, behind the scenes, the behind the scenes work. Yeah. Over time is going to be some of it important, but that's not where you start. You start to your point with, can this product, this service or this, you know, whatever it is like coaching, can it help people? Do they want yeah. it? And if you do that first, it's kind of like the success will come because all, all the other stuff will come too, because now you start realizing people want to line up and kind of get your service. You know, they want the transformation. And yeah. so I think that's important that you brought that up, that a lot of people get stuck in where you just said you didn't. So good for you. A lot of people get stuck in the, and my, part of that might be fear, right? We're, we're doing the thing that we stay hidden longer, you know, because I see a lot of people lately that have started businesses, but they're afraid to go on video live, you know, and because <laughs> they're like, I'm not comfortable. And well, no one is, even if you're the most amazing speaker, you're, you know, you have great camera, whatever. It doesn't mean they're comfortable doing it at first. Right. Cause you're, yeah, they're just, yeah. it's just human nature. We of course get kind of like, Oh, I don't know. You just show up and do it. And then you realize that wasn't that bad. And then you do it again and you do it again. Right. But instead people just think, Oh, I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it. And they waste months. And then they work on to your point, the website or the Facebook thing or the, and they avoid the thing they don't want to do, which probably would give them the most benefit. Yeah. 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 All for those distractions are the easiest things. They are not the most um, income or the revenue generating things in your business. If that is your goal, they are the distractions. And I was thinking about, uh, you know, uh, everybody knows this, like me and you don't have to talk. Like if we were to look at the people that, we get attracted to, that we like, we admire. They are our ideals. All of them have failures. We admire them for their failures, not for their success. We love them because perhaps they've you know, done in their life uh, against all odds. So those are the things that inspire us. Like they touch us to the core. And but we, at times, uh, you know, like Jay Shetty said that in one of his interviews, that most of the people, they think, they use their inexperience as their uh, uh, underqualification. Like they think because they are inexperienced, they have not done it. They think themselves they are disqualified. It's not that they are disqualified. They don't have the experience. They have to do it. Just like getting on the videos you mentioned, you just have to go a few times and do it. It's uncomfortable, but so is everything, right? When we start first started walking, we didn't want to walk like. We were crawling and then we started to walk. So taking those baby steps. Well, yeah. And I think, you know, the example you just brought up by, by him, what is that even if you only did it 10 times, like now you've shown up and you don't sometimes you're 10, 10 moments or 10 examples ahead of somebody that hasn't done it once. Right. So we forget that we don't have to be the furthest expert because a lot of times they've shown this, you actually don't align with the person that's 10 years ahead of you. Because you're so far from that place. You need the person that's going to bring you along that's just a little further than you, but can show you the things you need to do right now to actually get you to that next 
right? That next rung. So I think that's an important point. Yeah. It just reminded me when I was starting coaching and I was brainstorming with uh, one of my friends, uh, like what I could do. And he's like, okay, tell me what can you talk about all day long and all that. One of the things that came up was like, I started meditation um, um, nine months ago. And I said, that's one thing that I can talk now from experience. It's like, maybe you should talk about that. And I, I immediately like, yeah, but I've only done for nine months. Like I immediately put myself back and it's like, you are nine months ahead of yeah. people who have not done ever, right. <laughs> you know? Okay. <laughs> you got That's it. exactly right. Oh, I love it. So let me ask you, I know one thing that you, um, with the, let's, so let's jump over to kind of mindset and the intentionality of it. I love how you explain that either we're consciously making our own choices and, and deciding what our mindset's going to be. Mm-hmm. And if we're not, then other people are deciding it for us. So you just yes. want to talk about that for a minute. And then I'd love for you to share about the technique that you talk about or use called, you know, mind versus me, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. I'm brilliant. Thanks for bringing it up. <laughs> so the choices um, I'm, I'm so, you know, uh, really focused on the choices and everything I see right now is choices. In fact, you know, I think we should be taught power of a choice in our, um, you know, school, in our systems, in education and workplaces, because everything has impact. The challenge with the choices is, is that people are not afraid to make the choice. People are afraid of the consequences of the choice, right? You're not afraid that I might fail uh, or this may not work. You can make the choice if you are not being, um, you know, held accountable for the consequences. And the funny thing is, whatever the consequence you can, you and I can think from sitting right now, it's still made up, right? You cannot 100% accurately predict that if I made this choice tomorrow, I'm going to be this. Like, I cannot say if I ate this banana today, two years from now, I'm going to be healthy. I may be, I may not be, but I cannot with whatever permutation calculations scales I can come up with still made up. Right. So realizing that you are not able to mirror the consequences, you can mirror the consequences looking back. Right. That allows you to have a power of making a choice. And then knowing that every moment you are making a choice, uh, either you're making a choice consciously saying I'm doing it or you're unconsciously telling yourself you're not doing it because every time you don't do it, that's a choice also. And when you leave that choice at the table, somebody else will make it. That's what happens at the work, right? When you, I was talking the other day, somebody, and she was telling me that uh, she she was unhappy at the work because the promotion uh, that she was supposed to get, she didn't get, and they brought somebody else from outside. And I asked her, well, did you ask them for that promotion? Did you ever express the interest? Like, and she's like, you know, they should know my skill. They should, yes, I know people should look at it, but it doesn't hurt to ask. You have to ask. At least then you know that, yeah. you know, it's whether it's based on your skills or something else. Because right now you're just assuming they made that choice because they didn't think you were, um, you know, qualified enough for that choice or the role. So making the choices, uh, understanding that in every moment you have a choice have to make sure you use it uh, and it, it's a muscle like anything else you have to just use it use it and you'll get better of using it. it it may you know it may lead into failures but those choices will again lead you into something that's 
I, I love that example because I think that happens to a lot of us in the workplace and also in our relationships and things like that. We make assumptions all the time based on our, in our own mind. We're not saying it out loud. Like, well, why aren't they spending time with me tonight? Or why, like you said, is, am I not getting the, the um, promotion? But the honest truth is, is you have to be your own advocate and you have to, you have to keep reminding people what you're good at, what you accomplished, you know, why they should want you for something, but because you have to express need and desire, because if you don't, it's just like in a relationship that would be assuming that your spouse or whoever knows that it's like, oh, well, tonight I thought we were going to have quality time together, but you never mentioned it. And you're just guessing they're going to know that, you know, it, it's yes. just setting up for failure. And so I think that is a really important example you gave and point that we can't assume that people know what we're thinking or, and it doesn't mean the person didn't think that we have that skill set, but they we, we may not be top of mind when someone else is constantly saying like, oh my gosh, like I know I can do a great job. Look at my, look at what I've done. Look what I, so we have to remember we're going, we're competing, if you will, against other people. It ha- we have to say clearly what it is that we want and we desire, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that, you know, uh, in fact, uh, Dr. Carolyn Miss she said a very uh, beautiful thing about the choices. You know, most of the time uh, we think our choices are the ones that we're making with our spouse, our business partners, job, whatever, like external things. But the choices that are really important are the ones that we are making with ourselves in closed door. In, and, and nobody knows about like those choices, right? Those are the choices that are critical because those are the choices that either allow you to build the trust with yourself or just take you away, far, far away. They build your confidence or they make you really you know, unconfident person. So those choices, you know, when I say, uh, for example, if I say that I'm going to eat healthy and I'm not telling it to anybody, but if I keep that choice, I make that choice and I stick with that and against all the temptations, that's what is giving me power. The more choices I make and I don't stick to it, the more, um, um, you know, self-trust I lose with myself because if I'm, cannot be trusting myself with those little choices. I cannot make the big ones because big ones will scare me anyways. It's those little things that I do in my own company that nobody knows. Those are the most important choices to really make. And, um, you know, Dr. Caroline Miss has a whole one-hour lecture on YouTube on choices. So, you, know, you should watch and um, your audience should watch. It's an amazing talk. Oh, I um, love it. So, now I like that. And then on that, do you want to explain a little bit about when we're trying to make a change, what goes into that and then how we can be more aware yes. of those yes. of doing that? Yes. So I was getting into it. Thank you. Um, so the game, um, what happens is whenever you're trying to make a change, there are two types of our mind or two levels of our mind that are in action. One is the conscious mind. The conscious mind is the one that's saying, okay, I am going to do this, whatever it is, doesn't matter whether I'm getting up early, I'm going to go for a walk, I'm going to start gym, whatever it is. So it doesn't matter how you got to that point, but you are making the choice, right? So that is the one that is conscious mind is your goal setter, right? But then you have a subconscious mind, which is, uh, uh, you know, the mind that allows you to achieve that goal or takes you away from that goal. And most of the times when we do not achieve goals, it's the subconscious because our subconscious mind loves to be idle. It doesn't want, you know, ex- uh, expending the energy. It, it loves the comfort. And that's, and when you know that, you know that your 
there is a subconscious part of your mind that is going to try to protect you and it is built for protection like it, it has its use but most times you know we are not living in that world where we are in constantly in danger so you have to play a game which i call mind versus me and you play with that game with your subconscious how do you play this game let's say um give an example i told myself that i was going to quit drinking tea and i drink tea twice a day and i drank that for 30 years so that's a goal not because the, you know, and i didn't make that choice because of the healthy reason yes there are health benefits but only to play the game with the mind to know how much of control i have over my mind and my will right so i played and i said every time i'm gonna every day that i don't drink i'm winning that day right so here's the thing the minute i said i'm going to do it my mind started asking like subconscious mind like why why are you doing this it's okay nobody knows you should drink like you're going to you know it's not going to give you cancer so i have so many reasons why i should do it day one do day two day three i had a little bit a uh, bit of headache and my mind goes see you're not drinking tea that's why drink it <laughs> and i was like okay no but because i have this score now mind versus me i know consciously know that this is my mind i'm aware that my subconscious mind is going to uh show resistance and just knowing that that resistance is coming from subconscious mind it's not you it's the mind it's the program that is used to that 30 years of drinking tea it loves that tea it as you knows uh, it has those uh, neurons those circuits that wire and fire together because when you drink tea you get some certain sense of you know feeling so i kept the score and i every time i won over my mind when i didn't drink besides what was my mind saying that's yes and why this is important is because those little things that drinking tea is a small example but if i cannot even have a control to drink a tea or not drinking tea by a conscious choice i'm not saying you shouldn't drink it's not about good or bad it's about consciously making the choice not auto programming that says okay you have to do it right so when i make start making that score i immediately gain power of me i become the driver of my own life rather than you know mind your mind is supposed to be your servant it's like your assistant it has to tell you okay wake up you have the meeting you have to eat this healthy it is a reminder you know it's just constantly popping up but it shouldn't be stopping up from the things that you want to do and achieve in your life and mind versus me works amazingly well because you become aware you start to have power of your mind every time your mind is stopping is like okay shut up i'm going to win right it's a game so try that it works Well, yeah, I guess like for me, it would, maybe it would be, you know, going, oh, it could be exercise, but let's just say going on a walk every day. Right. If I said, I'm going to go on a walk every day, the whole year, it doesn't matter if it's raining. It doesn't matter. Right. Like we can still walk in the rain, but to your point, it's I'm making that choice. And so by saying to myself, hold on, if I start finding that I'm like, oh no, I'm too busy. Oh, I'm in work clothes and I don't want to get, it's 90 degrees out. Right. Like I start making excuses. I mean, I could be, I'm not saying I always, I do. Yeah. But what I need to realize is one it's awareness. I want to make the change or to keep doing the thing, but it's awareness of what's trying to keep me into your point the subconscious from doing it every day. Maybe I do it 95% of the time. 
but there's still days I don't when I know I could. I mean, I know that I set my own schedule, right? So I'm choosing those days to not do it, even though I know I want to do it. Yeah. So I'm not winning those days. But the point is, it's awareness. And then it's also, like you said, it's working the muscle. And if we can do it for something simple where I already take walks most days, but then it, for me, it would be, well, wait a minute, why did I skip Tuesday or Saturday? I could have done it. You know, so, so then for me, it would be increasing right, the odds, not letting myself say no those days. And then to your point, as you get better at awareness and then trying to shift like the, you know, not letting your subconscious run the show, that programming, like you talked about, then we can apply it to bigger life changes we want to make, right? Or yep. whatever we're going towards a goal or whatnot. So yeah, I think mm -hmm. that's, that's important. And I think I like it because it's a, it's just a nice way to keep reminding yourself, we're going to, you know, if you're driving the car, we're going to feel like our mind's going to veer off to the side or, you know, we're going to kind of lose ourselves in our sub self our subconscious. But if we realize, hold on, I got to come back to center. I got to come back to center. Or I keep having negative thoughts, right? Instead of positive. Yeah. Well, you have to choose to have to fill the, your mind with positive thoughts or replace those negative thoughts or stop yourself. You know, I'm a very positive person as it is, but of course we all get the worry and negativity sometimes. But I have to stop myself and say, nope, nope, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go there. And I have to then stop myself and then choose. Am I just going to like try to think of something else or am I going to replace it? But that's a mental awareness I have to have to do that. And it takes time, right? It takes, like you said, it takes strengthening that catching it and then stopping the thought. And so I think it is really important because I think people that do that and they've learned to do it better and better, those are people that tend to be going after more of what they want and they're changing their life in a positive way versus people that get stuck in the, I can't, no, 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 I don't know. Or, you know, kind of that victim. And I know you talk about that too, but that victim mentality or that woe is me sort of, you know, environment, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, one thing uh, that I want to uh, talk about is another tool to add on that helps is, you know, <clears throat> what happens is when we, um, when we talk to ourselves, and we are doing things, we're making goals. Um, let's say taking a walk, like uh, or, you know, going to a gym, whatever goal it is, right? Um, a lot of times what we do is we make um, our failure so easy and our success so hard. What I mean by that is when I say I'm going to go for, let's say, walk, I'm going to go 15 minutes walk for the next 90 days. So let's say that's a goal. The minute I miss one day, I call myself the failure. Okay, I missed the goal, right? So I'm making in that situation scenario, I'm making failing so easy because it's just one over those 90 days that I'm failing the goal. And I'm make, making success so hard because I have to do it for 90 days to win that goal, right? Or accomplish, feel accomplished. Whereas if you had a goal and flip it uh, to this thing that if I miss walking seven days in a row, that means I missed a goal. But if I missed once, so allowing flexibility Absolutely. when it is important, right? And yeah. not thinking like you've failed. And that way you're allowing, you know, you, you're not making failure uh, easy. Uh, you're making success easy because when I say, I, you know, if I miss in seven days, I know I will not miss if I have the right intention, the conscious choices. I've made the decision. I will not miss it seven days in a row, right? Um, you know, so deciding your parameters of your success and failure, the way it works for you, not um, the way it works for failure. 
and it's important because it's not um it, it's a mind game again right every time you miss you telling yourself you're not enough because that inevitably happens if i have a goal for 90 days and i miss it i'm going to even for moments i'm going to feel like i fail like it doesn't work and those subconscious programming that's what you want to play with your mind with like okay i'm not going to my mind i'm not going to make it easier for you to think i am a failure i own it i own this body i own this mind and i can do whatever i want but you have to make sure you set your parameters that help you succeed don't put yourself for failure that easy oh i know i think you're so right and i i 100% agree with that and for instance even when i would times where i'm jogging i don't say like i'm going to jog 7 days a week or 6 days a week for this many miles i say my goal for the next month or 90 days is this much mileage and i know it's very doable like i could literally do it in three runs a week but i might not run that three miles three runs a week so i might do and i would say if i walk that's okay too i'll count the mileage even though i want to go for running but but in other words it was a it's a long term goal where i didn't have to hit it every day it's more like if every week i just ran a couple times a couple miles i'm yeah. going to hit the goal at the end so i had flexibility to your point that some weeks i maybe only ran three times but i only ran 2 miles but then the next week i'm like oh on saturday i have a lot more time i can go run you know 3 or 4 miles and now i've added back in you know but so it was it was a very doable goal but it still let me keep some accountability to getting in those jogs you know and it was okay if i if i didn't jog i walked but my goal was at least to jog some every week but i yeah. 100% agree with you that it is really important that like you said we don't keep beating ourselves up even yeah. though we're getting towards our goal it's just it's almost impossible to have a perfect record right of anything mm. so mm-hmm. i think that's a really great point i love it awesome So let me ask you so we can wrap this up. How can people connect with you online and find out more about the things that you're now working and in, in uh, offering? Uh so I am on uh, pretty much on LinkedIn. I I have Instagram and uh TikTok too, but LinkedIn is where I'm really active. I am posting daily something. I'm engaging with the people there. Uh people can reach out to me on LinkedIn, uh follow me or message me. I am you know I'm not somebody who wants to uh, engage with you because i want your money um you know feel free to reach out my idea or approach to this is that i want to serve i want to make an impact right and that that's whole purpose of me and you talking that i want to make sure that my life was you know what something so if that means that somebody asks a question then i can answer that by all means reach out oh thank you so much i enjoyed our time today i think it's a really important conversation. I think there was a lot of good kernels in there that people can take away from and hopefully will, you know, get them thinking a little bit more about being intentional and how do we, you know, how do we live the le- the next many years that we might have being, you know, having impact and creating real a real difference in the world or having legacy, you know, creating legacy. And, you know, I think uh we are lucky that you're someone that's out there trying to help people see that they do have Uh, choices and that they can make a difference so thank you so much for being with us today uh thank you it has been honor like i you know so many good things came out even for myself i learned a lot and i am just grateful that i'm in a position that i can serve somebody so thank you 100% i 100% agree because i think at the end of the day it is really how do we show up and our life in every conversation we have, you know, every interaction with, you know, how do we serve? You know, how can we serve in that moment? So, 
I, I agree with you. So thanks again. And I look forward to connecting with you again soon. I think today's conversation was such a good reminder for us that we do have to be aware of our choices and we have to start becoming more intentional with those choices. And that's everything from, you know, the little choices we make on our routines and our habits to what we eat, to the work we're doing, to the interactions we have with people. And what I love about um, what Mempreet was talking about is, you know, basically to make change, there's, you know, obviously our conscious and subconscious mind. And that by being aware of that and then trying to take some small thing that we want to have a shift in to kind of work that muscle is so important. And then as we do that, it'll be easier for us to make bigger changes over time that we want to make. And then I think the conversation about, I think all of us at some point wake up and think, is this it? Or is my job, does my job have real meaning? Am I having impact in the world? And we ask that question. And I think it's at that point when we do, we start realizing that we, we want to do something that has more meaning, whether that be write a book, whether that means starting, you know, some type of business, whether that means helping, you know, type a group of people we're interested in helping, working toward the cause, whatever it might be. But at the end of the day, I hope that you are asking yourself those questions and then you're finding ways to step out into the world and make it a better place. I think we do need to know what we want in order to define life on our terms. And we have to be willing to break the past scripts so that we can move into better and more beautiful and amazing things. And if you're looking to figure out what it is you can go after, what creative pursuit you can start, jump on over to my website at kristenfitch.com and go under resources. There is a no limits, create, scale, and monetize your creative passion printable PDF that I would love for you to grab and start taking uh, your dreams seriously and get, let's get going. You can start going after your dreams today. And if you enjoyed the show, we'd love it if you'd subscribe and leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you have ideas for the show or guests that you'd like to recommend, I'd love to hear from you. So DM me on Instagram at Kristen Fitch, or you can email me from the website. Thanks so much. And thanks again for listening in. Until next time, have a great week.